0: Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today on the K12-ish podcast. Today, we have Jamie Sanek-Paz, who is the Director of Youth Programs at the Boys and Girls Club of Portland. I'm really excited to have her here because I actually used to work at the Boys and Girls Club of Portland. So I can't wait to just kind of learn about where the program's gone over these last few years and about your work. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Awesome. So I was just wondering if I mean the Boys and Girls Club it's really well known but could you tell the listeners just a bit more about the work of the Boys and Girls Club
1: of Portland specifically? Yeah, so we are a nonprofit organization located in the Portland metropolitan area. Um and in Portland I think we have about 5 clubs and multiple school sites so we are pretty big. Um I'm particularly in Hillsborough. So I am in the Hillsboro area. <laughs> um, and yeah, we are really an after school kind of a place for the kids to go after either when they don't have school or it's a half day or they just want to hang out. So we're just here to provide a, like a positive place for them to hang out at.
0: Awesome. And so could you tell me a bit more about your journey into this position as the director of youth programs?
1: Yeah, so I was a club kid when I started. So I started in third grade. Um, We used to have school sites over at the Forest Grove School District. So that's where I started. Um, When I, high school, I started volunteering over here at the Hillsborough site. So that's kind of how I got introduced. And then from high school after I graduated, I started working here through college, and <laughs> after technically, I think I've been working here for six years. After six years, I came into my position as a director of youth program, so so far it's been a year into my role, so yeah.
0: That's great, And because I remember when I worked at the Boys and Girls Club, um, it was so great to see how many former... Boys and Girls Club kids were now working at the clubs. like, I, I just love that sense of community. And then the kids at the club could see themselves in those positions one day, too. I always thought that that was such a great connection.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of my um, uh, colleagues and co-workers, they, yeah, they have been club kids. I know one of my um, part-time was a club kid. I used to go to club with her. You know, I'm like a few years older than her, but I remember her as – you know, one of the middle schoolers as I was a high schooler. So it's very interesting to see like the dynamics of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So obviously a lot has changed in this last year. That feels like an understatement. But how does your position look different than it did a year ago?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I did start my position last year in August. So it was a very big shift. Um, So, before we had about 150 kids in our building, we had eight, like I think, eight staffs working here. So, it was a lot of like moving back and forth. Oh, some, you know, someone's crying over there. Let me go, you know, help them. Let me go help another staff. So, it's a lot of moving back and forth. But now with COVID, it's more we are in our stable rooms. Um, I only have eight staffs to look after, you know, so it's very small. Very calm, you know, compared to having 150 kids. Now we only have 40 youth and 10 teens. So you can tell the difference right away that, you know, the numbers are lower. It's much more quiet over here, which is like a shocker to me.
0: I bet, because I remember I was a camp counselor at the Boys and Girls Club, and I remember leading groups of like 20 students, um anywhere from like five years old to the teenagers as well. And it was, I mean, just the volume of the building was just it was always something that shocked me when I'd walk in it was so loud and because there's just so much like kids running around and playing and laughing and I just imagine it's so different now
1: yeah it's it's it was kind of like um yeah just a shock we're happy to have them back like the the noise is coming back which I'm really happy about because like when we were closed down we would be in here and there'd be no laughing days would you know, drag on because we have, we don't have any kids to, you know, play with or talk to. And I think that's the major part of it is just, you know, kind of like the empty nest.
0: Yeah. That's such a great way of describing it. It is like being an empty nest parent, all of a sudden, like, Oh, wait, where, like, where are my kids? Where are they? So
1: where are my 150 kids? I don't see them running around. Yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, that's great to hear. Some of them are coming back. Um, did you find that, I mean, obviously, I know in Oregon, we had pretty strict COVID regulations compared to other parts of the country. Did you find that once your, like the clubs have started reopening, are parents eager to get their students back into the clubs? Or is there any kind of hesitance just because of the risk of transmission?
1: Um. Well, I can only speak on my club um, because we are located in Hillsboro. We are a little far away from Portland, which is the bigger city. Um, I believe for us, it, it was more. They are willing to come back. They like the kids missed us. We we helped a lot of people in our community. We had strong connections with families. So once they heard we were opening up, they really did want to come back. But still. COVID was a new thing, They're, they wanted to come back, but they also didn't want to risk anything going on, which obviously we, we understand. We're trying to make sure we're being the as possible. Um, but I think we overall we had like a positive feedback. During the summer we did receive, I believe like 20 kids, which are, I think our goal was 30 back then. So I think we had like, I think maybe like 15, 20. So we did get a good amount of kids back.
0: Yeah. That's great to hear. I wonder what camps kind of looked like with such a small cohort of children. Cause as I mentioned, like, I I just remember like leading a dinosaur camp for a week with like 25 year olds. So I'm, I'm, and then the next week I'd be working with high schoolers. So I can't imagine having them all in one cohort and trying to get them to participate in activities.
1: Yeah, I get you, because I, you know, before I was uh, a part-time, so I was always in the art room, I was always teaching them how to do, you know, different techniques, learning different styles, and yeah, I totally get what you mean, before we did have, for the summer, since that's the time we did open up back for COVID, during the summer, we would have all day open, so the beginning of the the day would be camps, and then the afternoon would be kind of like a free choice activity, but This year's first time opening during COVID, it was very half day. We started from 12 to 6. We did camps and we did programs. But since we are in like our own cohort, we are staying in our rooms. I think that was the biggest change because we couldn't go to the gym with everyone else. or we couldn't go outside with everyone else. So it was very like we are in this together. So we got to learn how to manage that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm just trying to picture my time without like those big group dodgeball games that we used to play all the time. So yeah, that's, it is, it's so different. But one of the things I was really impressed with was reading about all of these different actions, the Boys and Girls Club of Portland specifically has taken. I know you guys started virtual counseling, you were doing meal delivery services and starting some other virtual programming. So I guess I was just wondering if you could talk about some of those areas you decided to prioritize and how you determine where those areas of need were.
1: Yeah. So go kind of going back to how many kids we used to serve, you can tell like a huge difference. One hundred and fifty. at, at some point we did have like 200 kids in our building. So huge number down to 30, 40 kids. You can see there's a big, you know, like I said, there's a big difference. So we still wanted to serve our, our community. So, you know, doing meal distribution was a big thing because one, everyone's impacted with COVID. So we want to make sure that everyone's getting food. Um, we also had a chance to, you know, provide them um, clothing, accessories. We also did a school drive. Even though school is at home, we still wanted to give them backpacks and supplies they needed. Um, so it's it's, for us, it's more about let's make sure that even though our families can't, at the club we want to make sure that they're still being taken care of and they still know that we're here for them that's so great to hear because I think it goes back to what
0: we were saying earlier I mean so many kids who are former club kids now work at the club for example and I just remember there was always this great sense of community so to to know that that's still going on like even if it is virtual or you're not in person seeing them I, I just think that there's something really special about that
1: yeah we want to make sure you know that you know, they're still in our hearts. You know, we still think about all of our kids that we used to have, we would bring them up occasionally. So, you know, they're never far from our thoughts.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, and I've said it a couple of times, but I used to work at the boys and girls club and it was that experience that inspired me to become, to start working within education. And I've held several different positions within the, within the industry. Um, Cause it was just, it was so inspiring to be a part of that work. And I just, I truly loved working hands-on with the kids. So I really wanted to ask you, I mean, you've been there for six years, so COVID or not, what's been one of your best experiences at the club?
1: Um, I can say there's a few. One, since I have been here for six years, it's like seeing our kids grow. I remember one of our kids, he started when he was second grade when I first started and now he's in the teen center. So it's, like, the whole journey of, like, I, I remember you so small and now you're so big. Like, it's it's breaking my heart because, you know, yeah. like, you're growing so fast. So that's one of the things that I really enjoy being here is, like, seeing them grow. Um, another thing is, like, seeing, like, the things that they can experience here at the club because um, I know when I was um, – used to be like a club kid we used to do shop with the cop and you know seeing my kids do shop with the cop i'm just like it's such a good experience because i've done it and now you guys are being able to do it same with like our teen programs they're able to go um go bowling with a blazer player you know those different kinds of experiences you know it's very amazing to like see them go through that and like their smiles on their faces whenever they do something fun
0: Oh, that's, that's great. I remember shop with a cop and that being such a popular and fun event. Um, Cause don't they, you go to target, right? I think, which is always oh. like such a fun. <laughs> yeah.
1: You go to, you go to Fred Meyers, which okay. is still pretty good. Yeah,
0: but, uh. absolutely. Oh, that's great. So, um, so when we think about all of these like really positive experiences and kind of like the shifts that have happened, I think the last question I had for you is what hope does your team have for next year?
1: Yeah. So personally, I haven't thought about next year because I'm still in the now since it's still pretty new. This is our first school year during COVID. But I think in general, it's just, you know, having more of our kids come in um, while still being safe throughout this pandemic. Um, And I guess seeing what, you know, a year from now happens, you know, I want to know how our positions gonna change, or like are we gonna have more kids, but you know, yeah,
0: yeah, no, definitely, I think there's still so much that's unknown, but there is that hope that yeah you you're gonna have more kids back next year, and some of these events will come back, um, and things won't have to be as virtual, and there'll still be that like strong sense of community,, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Great. So then I just wanted to transition into the trivia section. And this is really just designed to share out some information about the Boys and Girls Club. And also, since we're both from Portland, I threw in some Portland area trivia. Mm-hmm. So, um, first, I wanted to start off with something about Boys and Girls Club nationally, because this is one of my favorite statistics I've seen. So, it's what percentage of Boys and Girls Club seniors are expected to graduate high school?
1: Hmm. I would say honestly, like 90,
0: (laughs) 90%. Yeah. It's 97%, which is above, it's like in the eighties nationally. So it's just really fantastic to see that impact that the boys and girls club has like beyond just even like, I mean, they get that sense of community and that support network at the boys and girls club that helps them to reach these really major milestones
1: yeah. And we also have the senior celebration, um, which, you know, highlights all the seniors and, you know, the certain clubs are in, I guess, like Portland metro area. So I think that's, you know, I like that statistic.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean it there's just it's great to see like a community that supports students in achieving that and then students celebrating each other too at that like senior event, that senior dinner. Yeah. Um, so then the next one was um this is about Boys and Girls Club of Portland. So, in 2020, how many meals did the Boys and Girls Club deliver?
1: Oh, I think it might be like um, I want to say over 2,000, maybe 4,000, I don't know.
0: It's 60,000.
1: Oh, okay, I'm way off.
0: <laughs> but it's amazing like to see that. I mean, cuz the for people, I mean, our listeners are all over, but I mean, the Boys and Girls Club of Portland it's not just in Portland city center. It's in all of the suburbs It's mostly in the suburbs <laughs> around Portland. So it's really big and distributed. So to see this network of all of these clubs, be able to still provide those meals to students is really fantastic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've been, do I did that during the, you know, during the summer I was there handing out food, making sure that they had everything. So I totally believe that.
0: <laughs> yeah. that that's really great to hear. I think, um, my mom was doing something like that in her community, and it was like a little like drive-up, and you'd pass it to them. But she just said it was so special to be able to still see people because you hadn't. She's like, I haven't seen these people in months. So yeah, and yeah.
1: especially over here, we would see our kids and we yeah. really like, "Hi, do you remember me?"
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's really cool. So, um, okay, this is a Portland-based trivia fact. Um, so for the listeners, Portland has this really famous bookstore called Powell's. And true or false, did they did Powell's just release a perfume that's the scent is supposed to be of old manuscripts that you can now buy online? Um, I feel like knowing Portland, I think
1: that'd be true.
0: It's true. I just heard that this morning and I was like, okay, very Portland. <laughs>
1: yeah. I can I can imagine the smell. I,
0: yeah. I'm, I don't know if I'd want that smell on me, but at the same time, it's, I mean, I like walking into a store and smelling it. So maybe I'll get it and, like, spray it around my, my apartment.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. If you don't have books, just, you know, just buy that. Exactly.
0: <laughs> All right. So then the last question I have is uh, how many kids does the Boys and Girls Club nationally serve every year?
1: Hmm. I feel like that. It's a big number. <laughs> it is. It's
0: 4 million.
1: 4 million.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. Which and again cuz I think about the Boys and Girls Club and I have my very personal experiences it being a part of it in Portland, but then you build that out nationally and you really do feel like you're a part of this super connected community just across the United States that's supporting students at all ages.
1: Oh yeah, I totally feel that. Um I we've been to um, the Lebanon club over there at, um, yeah, where it's over there by OSU. And when we, when you, when, you know, go into a different club, you totally feel that connectivity. It's like, Oh, even though I don't know you guys, like you guys are part of our, our, our family. And it's very, you know, very family oriented. Like you just go in there and you'd be like, Hey, you're from another club. How are you doing?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You feel connected. And then, there's still so much that's similar between clubs. It's obviously like different buildings, different staff, different students, but there's still those same traditions that they have. And it, cause I've done that where I visited in other places and I'm like, Oh wow. Like I, I, I know what we're doing here. Like I get it. And it's cool to feel that. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, that's all I have. So thank you so much for joining us today. Again, it's been such a pleasure talking to you um, and good luck with the rest of your day.
1: Yeah, thank you. You too.